You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello everyone and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I am your host Greg Flamong and with me as always is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Tuesday, to, uh, October 24th, coming off of the bye week and we've got a really fun show for you today. We're going to be talking about um, whether Notre Dame can take the next step uh, and start dominating teams uh, as, a, as a football team in the last four games of the season. Um, I think the, the the middle four games were just kind of like, hey, whatever whatever kind of win will be fine. Um, it doesn't have to look a certain kind of way. Anytime you can win the game, you go and do that. Notre Dame went two and two in the middle four, and I think it's time for Notre Dame to kind of take the next step there. And the peak is peak is a football team, right? I, I think I think there's opportunity to do that, and I think the schedule um, sets up for that. So we're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be talking about some of the comments made by uh, Marcus Freeman at the press conference yesterday. Uh, it, 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 interesting comments, especially about the offense and, um, and injuries as well. So we're going to get into that. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If this is your first time catching us, please hit the like button. Uh, please subscribe to the show. Please hit the notification bell so you know that we're going live. Um, another reason why you want to hit the notification bell so you know we're going live or when we're posting anything is because uh, Irish Sports Daily has a new podcast out. Uh, called the Joy Slot, and it's featuring a show with Dimes with Dara, Dara Mabry, a uh, former Notre Dame basketball player. We recorded a show yesterday, and that is going to release later this week, uh, talking about the AP Top 25. And uh, it's going to be very exciting. I I'm very excited about it. Dara is very excited about it. Uh, the coverage of Notre Dame women's basketball and basketball in general in Notre Dame is going to be ramping up on at Irish Sports Daily and our YouTube channel, so you're going to want to check that out. And another thing you're going to want to check out, Jamie, is if you have, you need to upgrade your fit, you need to upgrade your wardrobe, it's not where you want it to be, then you're going to want to go to esqclothing.com, who has created the world's first bamboo dress shirt, crafted from high-quality bamboo fabric. It's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. It's not only more sustainable than cotton, it feels cooler, has stretch, is odor and wrinkle resistant. And it's even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo dress shirt, and it's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 and get 15% off all online items. That's ISD15 for 15% off. Jamie, you had a rough night last night. It was, it was, a, it was a bit of a rough one. Listen, listen, when the children, they don't want to sleep, and they want to stay up and play for no reason at all, and the parents, you think, you know, for me, it's always the worst when you think that, you, you, oh, man, I'm going to get a good night's sleep tonight. And then they just. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. They just they just have other plans. You know, I was worried about my guy. His son's playing with his phone. I, I, I texted him last night like, hey, man, what are we going to do for the show today? Didn't hear. I was about to send I was about to send out the the Mounties out in, a, out in, out in Toronto to go check on my guy. <laughs> But he is here. The first question I have for you, Jamie, CFB Hurts. Thank you for bringing this up. Uh, you should also use this time. So we are five minutes late. So this is what that's in reference to uh, getting started on the show. You should also use this time to write your congressional representative regarding the egregious cheating going on in Michigan. They must be held to account. The news is coming out uh, daily almost on this, on this story, Jamie. Where do you I, – I obviously have a take. 
And anyone who's followed me on Twitter knows I have a take. Where, where, where do you stand on this? Big deal, not a big deal. Uh, where do you come out on the Michigan uh, scandal? I mean, I think it is a big deal. I think it is a big deal. And not just because, like, you know, uh, everyone hates Michigan, right? Yeah. Like, um, I think it is because it's – it's there's, like uh, – I, I didn't read the article, but it's funny because I was like, well, this is a very – Good headline for this. It was honor amongst thieves was the headline. And it was a story about how sign stealing happens in football. Guess yeah. just, just, just so you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, the NFL went to the headset thing, right. Where they, yes. you know, the little earpiece inside of the thing. Right. Um, and so it's, it, it's a problem I mean, obviously, people know about Spygate and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. too, right? But th this was the same kind of thing where when you're actively sending people to tape the sidelines of these games, yeah. who knows if they're, like, sending people out to, like, spy on practice. It's always funny because there's always uh, – anyone who's been to Notre Dame has, has seen, um, you know, how their practice uh, – you can't just walk by and look, look on practice, right? Like yeah. It, it's blocked, right? It's blocked. Like, but you could, if you like were on the rooftop of this building, you could maybe see what's going on or whatever. So there's little things like that. Um, and it's just one of those things. It's just like when you go and you're buying, <laughs> it's so hilarious. They bought tickets for both sides of uh, all sides of the field, State, Penn State. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, um, and the thing is, you're, you know, as Christian McCollum pointed out in our little group chat, they're dumb enough to get caught. So that's why it is a big deal. Because when you make it this obvious, when you're going and actively doing that kind of thing where you're like, you're, you're spending thousands of dollars, uh, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years whatever to do this to be able to seal signs to get an edge i mean that's enough to to me that like it, it seems like they're gonna have enough evidence for for this to happen like I, I don't really see how um jim harbaugh doesn't get uh you know there's no way he can just say like oh whatever like this guy works for you he works who 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 was was instructing him to do this you know, like there's, there is no, there, there is no way around it that they could say that someone else was instructing them outside of who actually works on the staff. Yeah. So, uh, or, or that Jim Harbaugh didn't, wasn't aware that they were stealing signs. Like, I mean, it, it just, it's one of those things. It's funny because Michigan has the easiest schedule out of everyone much talked about their super easy schedule and they probably have their best team on paper yeah. that they've had in like maybe 25 years. And so, and, and it's wide open this year. They have a chance to win mm -hmm. it. <laughs> They're probably not going to be able to win it. They're probably not going to be able to make the playoff because of it. And it's just, it, it it's, it's hilarious. Um, I, so I'm ready to skip the whole discourse of like, what did Harbaugh know? Like, we don't need to pretend yeah. that the, everyone didn't know. He knows. We don't need to pretend that. 
Okay. So that's just first. Like, don't, please don't gaslight me with that. Like, I, I, and I don't mean you, but just like what that's what's coming. And I don't want to be gaslit about that. They obviously knew it was three years. Okay. That's the thing. The other part is like everyone wants to, well, you know, that's uh, the, the rule only came in place in the 90s because of, uh, you know, inequity in college football. Like you can't, teams can't, uh, don't have the budget and that sort of thing. But it's not really like a serious rule. Excuse me. A rule is a rule. You can't go to the opposing team and film their sidelines with your cameras and all that stuff. Like there are so many ways for you to scout teams analytics you know you can pay tens of thousands of dollars for people to break down teams in their film and the way that they run plays and formations and all that you could there's so much information you don't need to be doing this okay so that's that's another thing the second thing is or the third thing i guess is they the, like the the penalty needs to be like extreme like vacating wins forfeits you know and mitchell vahilik says uh if you're not changing your sign weekly that's kind of on you um yeah like like there's some you could say that right in, in a way that's victim blaming for one which i don't appreciate but here's the thing jamie right you've been in college i've been in college right do professors take steps to prevent cheating on their exams and on all these other things. Do they do that? Yeah, of course they do. A hundred percent, right? Professors absolutely take steps to prevent cheating and, and and just like a team will change their signs or whatever. Okay. What happens in college if you get caught cheating? At the very minimum, you're taking a zero on that. At the at at uh, most likely it's just like, Hey, you're, you're failing the course. You, you, you take an F for the course at the most extreme. You are getting kicked out of the university. If you have, so if th that's a one-time offense. Okay. So a one-time offense, two-time offense. If you get caught systematically cheating over three years in college, you are kicked out hundred percent. You are kicked out of the university. You are, uh, it's going on your permanent record. Like that is going to be a thing. Like that, that is what, and everyone understands this. Everyone who goes to college knows like, Hey, if you are caught systematically cheating on anything, you are going to get run. You are absolutely going to get it. And everyone knows that. And so no one is caping for you about, Oh, oh you know, like, well, it, it, the, the rules and and it, it's not actually that big a deal and everyone does it no one will do that it's like hey man greg got caught cheating on exams he's done even though people do it so yeah. it's just that's how it works in the world in college so look that that's what has to happen and if it doesn't happen then it's a disgrace and i think i think people need to start saying like the the, the college football playoff committee they need to say, you know what? We're not ranking them. We're not. Oh yeah. Until, until this comes out, like we're, you, you do not get to be considered, given the fact that the the the, the magnitude of what is going on, and that's what needs to happen. And I think that that needs to be reflected in the rankings. And and that's just how I feel. Either you have rules or you don't. And so I I think I think that's how it should be reflected 
in the uh, in the thing. Thank you for the super chat, PQ. What to do? Do you think there is any chance the NCAA or Big Ten takes any action that impacts the 2023 season? These things aren't typically done quickly. Uh, you seem to think that it will, just based on your comment earlier. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to do anything. We will find oh, out. I think in, they will. Why do you think they will? I think because it's it's too big. It, there's too much. There's there the stakes are too high for them this year, and and doing it like in a way that. Um, so they still have Penn State, and I know Penn State obviously just lost. Yeah, but Penn State is you know if they beat Michigan, and they win out the rest of the way, they still have a shot at making the playoff, right? Um, Ohio State, like you know, that game could losing that game to to Michigan could end up you know eliminating them from the play. like. There's all of these other stakes that that are involved there. And not just that, all these other coaches, some of these guys, if if you beat a Michigan or, you know, you lose another game, you might lose your job. You, you might either get a race or you might lose your job. Like the stakes are huge for, for right now. So I think it's going to be the rest of the big 10 schools that really push it. And the thing is, is that more information is coming out daily about it. So there's going to be more stuff about like, well, you know, I, I guarantee they did it with Georgia. And once I yeah. get, and once it gets into the SEC and you're starting that it's going to get, it'll get ugly. It'll get way worse. It'll get way worse. Um, they will, they won't wait. They won't wait to do something. They'll, they'll be forced to, they'll be forced to, um, I, and I, I just don't really see um, any way that, that they will. They'll just have they'll they'll have to do it. And if not the if not the NCAA, then the Big Ten will have to. Yeah. It'll ha- it'll have to be. And then the other thing is, like you said, Greg, the committee is not affiliated with either of those things. They're a separate entity, so they can just decide to do that. And really, there will be. I mean. It's it's great from the perspective that it does add, uh, as Mitchell pointed out, it adds like drama to what's going on right now. So it's like makes things more interesting and all that. But like, and and I totally understand too why no one would have faith in the NCA to get it right because they get so much wrong. But the main thing is is that there's just too many other teams involved. We're like literally everyone will be against Michigan in this like everyone so and they won't let it happen especially like there, there's no way that ohio state and penn state are going to be like oh yeah yeah no nah, this is cool like it, it, it'll just it'll just never happen that way and i i just can't i can't see them uh going through the season and and not in it not being addressed you know because the other thing is usually this happens after it's like well yeah. we go back because so people brought up the astros right because the astros obviously clearly it already happened yeah it, it already, already happened. happened and they didn't take it they didn't retroactively take it away uh kind of like the reggie bush that retroactively took away the eisman right yeah it's like you know what even if they retroactively took away the world series from houston they would still say well we want it 
you know, yeah. just like Reggie Bush can always say, like, I want it. Like, I want that Heisman. Yeah. I was the best player in college football that year. So that's different than this, where it would have to be like, we're not even going to give you a chance, you know, to, to, to win it. And I just, I don't really see any other way around it, right? Like, because it's come out during the year. If this came out last year, they could go ahead and just be like, they could take their, you know, sweet time, take taking as long as they want, but they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. And this is, and this is frankly, is way bigger than any other, like, ah, you know, this, these guys took these, uh, they paid for a bunch of cheeseburgers for these kids or uh, they did, they did this or that or whatever, right? Like this is like actual determining wins and losses yeah this year so i i just don't see how how they'd be able to get away with it um and like you know i, I mean you know greg like there someone posted on isd's board about this a couple weeks ago or like maybe a week ago before this came out and was a like, week before hey. a week a week to the day that it broke yeah. Yeah. it was like i have a friend who is uh who pay who they paid to film the sidelines that's exactly yeah. it was like it exactly what the allegation is. Yeah. And everyone was like, ha ha ha. Like, you know, it was just kind of like a joke. And then yeah. it just comes out and it's like, wow, you know? Yeah. It, the evidence also seems to be like not even plausible deniability. Yeah. It's like you definitely did this, you know. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be and it'll be interesting to track. Go ahead. It's not it is you gotta remember too, this isn't a court of law. So it doesn't have to be beyond a reasonable doubt. Right? right. Like we don't, we don't need that. Like the, like the public evidence is what it is. And the fact that they already suspended the guy, you know, the way that Harbaugh, like the, the statement that Harbaugh gave, like it was Harbaugh, whoever the PR person who wrote that statement. Yeah. Right? Like it was yeah. very clear, you know, like, Hey, this happened. We are trying to distance ourselves from this person. Yeah. He's standing there like there's video of him standing next to Jesse Minter and telling yeah. him something. And then Minter makes the call. Like, it's just, oh, but uh, he, who knew? Right. Like, it's just unbelievable. It, it's, yeah. And it also, too, like, I just love because of his whole LinkedIn where he like basically is just like explaining that he's he's yeah. like, I am going to do spy things for your yes. program. Please hire me. And like uh Nina posted the the you know um I think you should leave the you know he admitted or whatever thing like he admitted oh. yeah. he admitted like yeah it's, it's oh so gosh bad. yeah so it just that, it's perfect it's just perfect yeah yeah so that'll be interesting to track um going as the season goes forward uh but getting back to Notre Dame football Jamie I want to get into uh some of the things that Marcus Freeman said yesterday at the press conference uh, talking about, so th- th- I'm going to play some audio here talking about um, kind of getting back to the basics and not wanting to um, trick the opponent and basically out execute the opponent and doesn't want to trick the opponent. And um, to give credit to, I, I do want to do that. I believe Tyler Horka from on three and BGI asked the question that elicited this response from Marcus Freeman. So let's listen to that. On offense, know every defensive look they can see so they know how to block it, or obviously they can convert the routes or, or, or make the right decision in the pass game. But that's, that's always the challenge, right, is that how do we continue to come more clear, more clear, more clear, um, 
And that takes time for our coaches and our players. Like you got to spend time with them and see, don't, don't tell them what happened, but figure out why it happened. You know, coaches can get really good at, at asking questions that they just know the answer. They, they want to hear a certain answer, right? And your kids can get really good at giving you an answer you want to hear, but that doesn't, that doesn't show if they know what they're, they're talking about. And so we have to be able to have those conversations with our players um, in our rooms to continue to understand, like, what exactly are they thinking and why are they thinking it? Same thing, right? It's like, what? So um, what, what, do, what do you take from that, Jimmy? Um, I take it, like, obviously Notre Dame is playing a lot of guys who are young and inexperienced or, or inexperienced, right? So, mm-hmm. so um, on offense, right? So that's definitely, um, you know, obviously yeah, everybody knows what the freshman receivers, um, you know, Tobias Merriweather before this year had not played a lot of ball, right? Mm-hmm. He had not played a lot of ball, ball for Notre Dame. Um, and obviously it took him last year. He, one of the reasons why he didn't have a bigger role is because he needed to grasp more of the offense. You know, you you have guys like Holden Stays, who still is relatively young, right? Like he, he's played a lot, but he he's still hasn't done that. You have new guys, uh, you know, you have a new quarterback who's new to the offense. You have Chris mm-hmm. Tyree, who's new to the receiver position, who they probably only thought that he was going to be a package guy, and he's had to become more than that, right? Um, so there's obviously stuff that they want to do that they're unable to do because of that. And they're un or, or they've called things and it hasn't worked because the execution isn't at the level that they want it to be. Um, and part of that too is like, that's like, I mean, you could, there's a big argument right now to say that Jaden Thomas is, um, probably one of the it, it's got to be in the top three most valuable players on offense yes because they have missed him greatly in not just in the passing game but just all of the things that he could do in the running game and just him understanding and knowing all of the things that they want to do and executing it at a high level and they just have missed that greatly like greatly and um so there's like a I bet there's a, it sounds to me like there's a disconnect between like, man, we got to do more to make it harder for these teams to like not load up the box against us to not do these things against us, but they're having troubles combating it because they don't feel comfortable enough with the personnel to get them to do exactly or execute exactly what they want to do with it. That that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And I don't know if I messed up the, cutting of that clip but basically there was another part where he said you know i want to be able to out execute teams not uh trick them per se and it's like that's not really what like i don't think i mean every play is deception right like you're always trying to deceive them in some kind of way but i just i try to like get to like what what he's getting at right and like you said about Jaden thomas like he is so key for them in terms of like the running game. But I think that he allows them to do things that maybe the other guys aren't ready to do. And that is where 
it's like it's not so much that um it, it's it's not so much the physical talent that he has but also the talent for him to allow the offense to call a certain set of plays and a certain set of a certain formation that uh, or or uh, it, it hides the scheme right you can come out with him on the boundary you can also bring him in tight and then he's like a really good puller and he's leading up into the hole, right? Like, and you can play heavy like that with him in a way that you can't really do with Rico Flores or Tobias Merriweather, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I do, I do get a little bit concerned when when Marcus Freeman talks about offense that way, where it's like I don't want to trick people, I want to out scheme them. Well, you always want to, or you you want to out execute them. We well, always want to out execute them. Like that's yeah, of course. That's that's. It's a given, you, but you, you're right. But you do want to do things that they aren't expecting, right? And yeah. so it's it just like you don't that, want to be predictable, right? And and he talks about predictability in a way that is like he 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 doesn't accept the premise almost, and 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 that concerns me a little bit. What what did you want to say to that? I think I think you. Well, I I agree with you there. Um, to me, though, it, to me, it's almost like the, he's saying that and it's kind of like whatever. I, I mean, we're obviously just interpreting here yeah. and like not exactly, um, you know, we can't get exactly what 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 he means from it because he's not going to say exactly what he means from it. But I also kind of think that there's there's this idea that they can't even get the the, the fundamental stuff. Yeah. yeah. And without that, they're not like, you can't do anything is what, and that's kind of like where they're at with, with, with some of the stuff and just the, the, the kind of the simple ex execution stuff. So I, I think that's kind of the way that he was kind of pointing it in, in, in that direction in terms of what they were doing, but I don't know, I'm, I'm working on this piece right now. Um, it's talking about how, like, I mean, obviously Notre Dame needs play action is a problem. It's, it's a plot problem for Notre yeah. Dame. Like, uh, they don't run play action enough. You know, it's they're 20%. Sam Hartman is 20% play action on season. That's not enough. That's not enough. Um, and, but part of the reason that they probably do it that way is because he's under a 50, he's under 50% completions on play action which is he's 46.3%. And that's shocking. Like that, mm -hmm. that's a truly shocking number because most of the time play action, some of the times this you're taking shots and whatever. Right. But a lot of times it's like setting up easy play. And some of it is he's not taking the easy plays like that, that Holden stays one yeah. there. Don't throw that 50, 50 ball to Evans it makes no sense. Right. Like some of that's on Hartman, but some of it is also like, you know what you're doing and 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 you're you're not allowing more of those easy things to set up right so that's everybody kind of knows that part of it but i think just with the running game and i tweeted out some of the stuff yesterday from the ohio state game where they ran the ball really well on ohio state and that's something that probably doesn't get enough credit they don't get enough credit for because they really especially in the second half ran the ball really effectively and they weren't doing a lot of the stuff with the pin and pull stuff where they were doing whatever they ran at them. 
they ran at them. They ran a ton of just like ISO, uh, you know, with two, with two backs. Um, they were more creative in terms of what they were doing with like spreading them out, but then bringing Evans back in to get gain something on the edge and gain a numbers advantage. And that's an area too. Like that could be Jaden Thomas, right? That could be Jaden Thomas doing that and, and getting all like in making those blocks and chipping that edge. Cause he's good enough to do that, which yeah. is so rare. Um, and so they miss Thomas for that kind of stuff, but they still have all these tight ends that can do these kind of things too. So some of it I think is like, they're doing it. Jared Parker and the offense in general, they do a poor job formation, formation wise. You know, when you, so when you're so congested and there, I, I have no problems with being like congested in terms mm-hmm. of, but if you're not doing anything around it and you're just kind of like being static with it, you're not helping anything. Right. Right. You, you know, if you're not doing enough pre-snap to do it or, or if you're just doing that and then you're just straight bullying them and running at them and saying, Hey, we're running it here. Stop us. And they can't stop you. Fine. They kind of did that to Ohio state. Yeah. But if you're trying to get cute with it, then why are you playing heavy? Why are you playing heavy? Why are you, why are you pulling? Why do you have three pullers here? When teams mm-hmm. know that all they got to do is shoot that gap and they can right. blow it up. Right. Right. And that's my big problem with the running. They could just do a lot of stuff where they're in 12 personnel. So if they're short receivers, that's fine. Line those guys up wide, motion a guy back in, do the, do these kind of things to change the look, throw it out on the perimeter. RPOs. Why do they not do, you know, where did they go? Where did they go? Why aren't, why aren't they doing that to take advantage of it? And this is not 2017. They don't have uh, a problem with the quarterback, not being able to make a, just a simple, you know, bubble hit a bubble screen. They don't have that problem. So why aren't they doing it? And even if it's, you're only getting like four yards out of it, you're keeping a defense honest by doing it. And if they don't play it and if they don't, then four can turn into 14 or whatever. Right. And that's the whole point of it. And if, and if they are going to play it, then you have more numbers inside. That's the game. Right. That's how football mm-hmm. is supposed to work with a lot of a lot of this stuff. And they don't do that. And they did. But the thing is, they did it early in the year. So they really don't even have to evolve that much in terms of what they did. They can just go back or what they're doing. They can just go back to some of the stuff that they were doing earlier and find a lot of success running the ball because they have 42 carries of 10 yards or more this season 32 came in the first five games so they have 10 in the last three like and people saw usc's defense they suck they suck notre dame didn't run the ball well on them yeah like not as well as they should have not even close right like there's and and you can't blame that on ah you know god jane thomas wasn't healthy (laughs) no you gotta still be able to run the ball on usc like that and they just didn't and 
so I, I really don't think that it's should be that hard for them to get back to some of the stuff they're doing. I hope that they spent the bye week kind of looking at like, hey, what were we most successful at early on? What mm-hmm. this, there's that. What have teams done to do this? And it's not, and you can say, well, teams have loaded the box. Yeah, sure. Anyone can, any dummy can tell you they got eight, nine guys in the box. Well, you've, the Notre Dame's loaded the box. Yes. So if you play heavy, they're going to put yeah. people in there. They're, they're going to match. To... They're going to match you. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the game, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, so what are you going to do? Get, spread them out. Are they still loading the box? Now you have numbers outside. Well, what are you going to do with it? That's, you have to adjust to their adjustments. And that should, I mean, these are kind of things that should happen during a game. (laughs) Like not, not, it should take a bye week to get to this. But guess what? You had the bye week and now, you know, do something with it. Because kind of going back to kind of what the greater theme is, can Notre Dame get back to being dominant? Well, they can only get back if they start like doing, making things easier for themselves on offense. It doesn't have to be this hard. Yeah. And and it just, it goes to like something that Marcus Freeman says about, you know, the play action thing. And, and I, I pulled audio of that as well. And I just thought like the way that he spoke about this, you know, because like you said, against I think it was on Power Hour. He said against Navy, like Notre Dame ran a, a bunch of RPO stuff against Navy, and it was successful. Yeah, you know, and then it just disappeared. It just went away, and and I there's no good explanation for it. Uh, but let me play this, and then and then we can and we can react. How Jared's calling it? Like what? What's gone into that? No, it's from Pete Sims. We had success throwing the ball early in the year, just because of what our past concepts were, and and they didn't have to be play action shots and. You know, then you come back and you say, okay, we got to be able to run the ball. We didn't run the ball well versus Duke or, you know, we ran the ball well, I think, versus Ohio State, but versus Duke, we didn't run the ball well. We got to be able to find ways to run the ball. Well, now teams are saying, I dare you to throw the ball, right? And they're, 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 they're truly putting an extra defender in the box. And so, you know, part of that is, okay, now we got to be able to take some shots. We got to be able to look like we're running in a run formation and be able to, to run some play action shots. And, uh, and so that will be a challenge for us to continue to evolve that, that, that part of our game. So some of this stuff is like that has to be baked into your offense just period. It, it's yeah. not like, oh, we we you know, we 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 had good pass concepts and so we didn't have to run play action. It's like, yes, but you know there are better teams coming down the, yeah. the schedule. You have to be able to do these things just as part of your offense. It's not like, oh, we don't have to, so we didn't. And now it's like, oh, we wanted to, we wanted to run the ball. Um, I had to turn up this audio. I guess I can barely hear it. Um, it's like, you know, we got to be able to run the ball. And it's like, well, it's like, but th- that should have already been done. It should be yeah. a part of your offense, just like going forward. And that's the thing that that I don't really understand when he's talking about that. It's like. It's like, oh, we could we ran the ball well against Ohio State, but we got to figure out a way to run the ball against Duke, and so we did that against Louisville and USC. It's like, well, you've always wanted to be a running team, so yeah, why why, why aren't you prepared to to go off of that? That that was something that I didn't understand. I, yeah, it, it, exactly. You are a running team, so and I and I understand like the the analytics say that you don't have to. Um, you don't have to run the ball well to be good at play action. 
right? Like that's what the analytics say. Um, you know, you can still be effective play action team if you don't run the ball well. The counter to that is when you're leaning on a team and they know what you what your identity is and what you want to do, that's when they cheat and that's when they do stuff like Louisville did, right? Yeah. And that, like you said, that should be an expectation of this is what you're going to get this week. So the counter should have been there the whole time because that that is something there that you know. Like every single thing you do, you can't just line up and just say, well, we got to execute this better. We got to do this better. You have to say like, this is what they're going to do. What is our counter to this when it doesn't work? And that's why I'm so shocked by this because I don't understand why in NC State they were like, well, they're doing this. This was our counter to it. And they killed them with it. Yeah. Where has that been the rest of the year? They haven't had that built in. All of that should be there. Like, I don't, I just don't. And it's, to me, it's like, I don't get it because I, I mean, I watched that game and I thought, man, Jared Parker, I think there is something there with Jared yeah, Parker. Yeah, same, same. And then since then, you just, and I don't even think in, I actually thought if you go back and I've watched, you know, I just watched uh, Ohio State this weekend, right? Like mm -hmm. the Ohio State on offense this weekend. Notre Dame, I, I thought what they did in that game, scheme-wise, was good. Like, yeah, they, I mean, I wanted to, them to do some different things in the passing game, but run game-wise, scheme-wise was good. Like, they just saved it all up for that and then didn't, like, I don't understand, I just don't get, I don't understand the process of, process of it. It's just like, maybe there's just too many holes, there's too many, like, so they're just trying to fill, plug in, uh, like, you know, like plug up all the leaks. So then it's like, they're worried about that instead of, you know, kind of building off the other thing, but it's just, they just haven't built off of what they've done. And this is why I made the point about Jaden Thomas, because it just is the fact that as soon as he left the lineup from an efficiency standpoint, it just completely flipped. They just did. And, and maybe that was a coincidence Right. But like even against Ohio State, it's like you said, like they they had a good plan. They they had good ideas. They 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 out schemed Ohio State in a lot of respects in the run game. Right. And so you you they 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 from from a success rate standpoint outplayed Ohio State famously. Right. We talked about that a ton. So then why is it then that after that against Duke against Louisville and even against USC, it just wasn't there. A little bit better against USC, but also like that that defense is is worse, right? So it, yeah, and and a lot of the stuff that they were successful with, it wasn't just a lot of that is like, hey, you are playing a worse defense, and so therefore this is successful. Like they, I don't feel like, I mean, the long touchdown to Tyree, like that was a great call and the great great spot, and that was full full credit to Parker. Like that was a huge play in the game, and he absolutely hit a home run on that one. So full credit. You know, but just on the main, like it just wasn't, it just hasn't been there from an efficiency standpoint. And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to like, um, you know, can they get back to like, did they really use this time to say, you know what, like 
we need to get back to these things that we were doing early in the year, being able to respond to the things that we're seeing and then moving forward as an offense. Because if you can't do that, you know, like I'll just put this up right now. Like, um, this is a this is a tweet from a brilliant man, Jamie Uyama, Mr. University. Um, Notre Dame is eighth in SB plus, nineteenth on defense, sixth on nineteenth de- uh, on offense, sixth on defense. Uh, the remaining schedule is Pitt is forty seventh, right? So thirty seventh defensively, sixty eighth offense. Clemson's nineteenth, thirty second on offense, ninth on defense. Like if you can't get things figured out and figure out a way to stress Clemson, and they play like they have against you know Duke and Louisville and USC, they're not going to be able to move the ball. No, they're not going to score many points in that game. They're not going to be able to move the ball. You know, and Stanford's obviously very bad. But it's like they, they, they're not going to be able to move the ball in that game. And, like, losing to Clemson would just be, like, the, with this Clemson team, it would be yeah. really bad. They should not lose to Clemson in a game that Notre Dame cares about. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's just not going to be a not. night game anymore. Right. So it yeah. just it, it needs to be better there. Um the other part of this, Jamie, is I'm going to play this comment about uh, Jaden Thomas and his hamstrings, and it's just like we talked about this, and it drives me insane. I think to play right be, now. they're going to be as close to 100% this week than they've been all year. And um, you know, JT was 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 probably a step below where he was two weeks ago. So Louisville, he was probably at a higher level in terms of how we felt than he was versus USC, um, which dictated a little bit of what we did with him. And, and Great House has continuously gotten better and better um, with his hamstring. So I think both of those guys will be as close to full go as you'll see all year. And and that's a week-to-week basis, right? And we try, we have to do things to try to prevent, obviously, soft tissue injuries from happening. And um, we'll, we'll continuously try to do that. But, you know, you, you never know in the game of football. Well, I- it's it's not good that Jaden Thomas is he t- he regressed backwards. And we, we said like that can't happen. He is too important to the offense for that to then be a situation where he is like, oh, he was better against Louisville than he was against USC. No, like no, and that is like the fault of the training staff, in my opinion, because that's not up to Marcus Freeman. Like that to me, that's up to the training staff. You can't put him out there, and then he makes a he goes backwards in a, in, in in all these games when he didn't help you at all. He didn't help them at all in these games. Yeah. So why is he out there? And now, you know, Marcus says as close to one hundred percent as he'd been. We have to see that to be true. So it, that it just that's a really bad outcome, uh, Jamie. Yeah. Did you did you yeah. have a thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but it was a horrible decision for him to play in those games. Obviously, he was not, he was not ready. He was not ready. Um, and I, yeah, I, we, we just talked about how valuable he is to the offense, but it's just like he's not valuable if he can't play. Like he's yeah. just, um, or if he can't be the guy that you want him to be, right? Like. Then, then it's it, it's like being like, oh, Tom, Tommy Tremble, well, he's got a shoulder problem and he can't really hit that much. So, um, 
you know, we'll just have him out there. He can just run routes, but he, we're not going to use him as a blocker this week. It's like, well, then I guess Tommy Tremble shouldn't play because yeah. the most valuable thing that he does is as a blocker. It's like you you can't you can't have that taken away, right? Like, and any receiver, if you can't run full speed, like you're just done. Like it's just. I don't know. I mean, I do. Yeah, I do the blame. I would say uh, whatever. I'm sure some Notre Dame training staff person will monitor this and then tweet something out about whatever after because they get upset if anyone criticizes them. But it is a partially on them. You, you got to say wait, he's not good. He's not. Wait good a minute. Go. Like, like, look, it, it, they are responsible for that. that that's are. just true. Like, I. If, if Notre Dame plays bad on offense, what, what do we do? We bang the person who's responsible. Like he, the, the, the staff is responsible. The training staff is responsible for injuries and rehab and getting them back and clearing them when they are, they are deemed to be a hundred percent or whatever. It, he should not have been out there. It's a hamstring. He, you cannot, you cannot be re- He cannot go out there. And like Michael Hahn says, he was at the USC game. Thomas should not have been playing. Didn't throw to him anyways. He, it was obvious he wasn't hundred percent. It was obvious at the stadium. It was obvious on TV. It's like what what's going on? You yeah. can't have that. These things. Everyone says what about hamstrings? They linger. Don't you can't send them out there. It's it's truly just a situation where it's either it's ready or it isn't. And Patrick Carter says it reminds him of Lindsay in 2020. Hundred percent. That was mismanaged as well. They sent him out there before he was ready. And he, and he ripped the hamstring and he limped off against Pitt and we wasn't seen for the rest of the year. It just, it, it was a bad decision then. And it just like, in it, I understand it's hindsight, but it's like, that's the, that's the result of it. It is. It's just the result of the way um, that they, they handled that. And it needs to be handled better, right? You need to, you need to make sure you've put your players and you've put the team in the best position to uh, to be successful, and and I and and so that's what this the training staff needs to do, and that's what anyone needs to do who wants to have a better uh, social media presence, Jamie, or a better uh, engagement video. You got you got to you got to enhance. You got to make sure you're doing the best you can to get the best out of those things. And one thing you can do is you can hit up vsrmediacompany.com which is founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy award-winning anchor, Vahid Sadrazadeh. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior in sports photos, Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Iris Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. We did have a, a comment um, earlier in the chat. Let me find it. It was about Tobias Miller. Here we go. Uh, Corey Flynn said, nice to hear some specifics from Freeman Presser. They want to improve on play action, Tobias Merriweather, and deep shots. Um. What did you make of that, Jamie? The the talk of Tobias Merriweather taking deep shots, not just throwing it to him when he's open, and um, you know trying to uh, throw, send him more fifty fifty balls. Um, 
I don't think it's a bad thing if they do that because I think they do. Sometimes you got to take those shots, right? I do think that's that's part of it. Uh, I just wouldn't say that uh, he hasn't shown, at least so far, um, that he can win those. You know, like he, he hasn't he hasn't shown that he can win those. Um, really, they haven't had anyone who's really shown that they can win those. Really, like um, actually, probably the guy who was best at it was Dion Colsey. Mm. Um, before, uh, you know, he got hurt and obviously he's not really, I mean, he's, he's out. So, um, but I mean, I guess, and then that's another thing, Thomas, I mean, did he had an incredible catch last year against, uh, BYU, I believe on a 50, 50 ball and, but they've kind of just thrown him like kind of back shoulder fade stuff, not like, or, but, or they haven't even really thrown him back shoulder. They've kind of just done a lot of, uh you know, stuff or just sideline kind of over the shoulder stuff and he hasn't caught it. Um, they do, at some point you do have to win some of those. Someone has to, and they, they don't really have anyone. So if, I mean, it would be huge. <laughs> I mean, it would be massive if that were to happen, but it's kind of like, I, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing that they're actually going to do that. And then he's actually going to win it. Um, because, they just haven't like I, he hasn't shown that he's he's gonna win win that right and I'm looking at uh, Tobias right now I mean they've only thrown he's got two contested catch targets this year and he's zero for two mm. so I mean obviously that's not it's not enough of sample size to be like this guy can't win it you know right. he dropped the one against Duke whatever because you know, on the push off but. You know, I, I have never seen him in practice be like, oh, man, look at him. Just jump over that dude. He's he's never been a a guy who, who's looked like a Claypool or a Boykin in practice. But, I mean, God, no time better than now for him to do that. If, if, if that's the case, like, they desperately need that. Yeah. I mean, I to me, it, it's actually – I would love it if they did throw it to him when they were open because I feel like that's not really happening either. So, like – they're 8 of 18 throwing to Tobias this year, which is around 44%. They're 15 of 34, 15 of 32 throwing to Rico Flores, which is like 46%. Like you're not getting anything. You're not getting what you need from the field, period. Like it's not we need to get Tobias going. Like you wh what is going on to the field? And why can't you get those guys high percentage, you know, receptions? It's just like, it's not, that is the problem to me. It's like, I don't need you to throw 50, 50 balls. Why can't you get them? Why can't you get a situation where it's like, they're, they're open and catching the ball. You know, that isn't like some five yard crossing route. You know what I mean? Like it, it like that is kind of a bigger issue to me. Like you, you want to throw them 50, 50 balls. Fine. You, you throw them about, uh, they've played eight games. You throw it to them 18 times. You, you throw it to them twice a game, you know, it, it, and, and like five of those were at the end of Louisville when they were just kind of running plays. Uh, Hartman threw him a bunch of balls while he was getting hit. They were in his direction, but like not really close to being caught by anyone. Yeah. So it's like, they're not really targeting him at all. Uh, they've dropped him on the depth chart. Yeah, 
So that's another one where it's it was like, a, that was also kind of a some sometimes I think too well well not just sometimes I know that coaches say stuff like that because they know that the players hear it like yeah. they know so they're trying to get like maybe you know give them some confidence and be like hey like get ready for this like. Yeah. You're going to get these shots like that happens like um, because it's you know, it's a, well, it's a weird thing, but the players and their I mean, especially their parents, their parents really pay attention to what coaches say in press conferences. And if they mention a guy and or don't mention a guy, they're like, why did they mention my son? Why did they do this? Yeah. Whatever. And I get it. Whatever. They're just looking out for their kid. Right. But it's like a thing where parents are like very into it so if they hear that they're like okay now okay now's your chance like they're thinking that so it's it, so maybe tobias isn't paying attention to uh this thing but maybe his mom and his dad or whatever right or yeah, whoever yeah, yeah. is doing it that's that's a thing that that happens and i mean i would love to see i, I would love to see everyone should be rooting for tobias merriweather and all the guys who've had kind of tough seasons for them to have the bounce back it, it to, to finish everyone should be rooting for that like because and it and it's not like it doesn't happen right and let me remind everyone xavier watts didn't start till the 10th game last year he didn't start till the 10th game and i it wasn't yeah. like he was having a bad season before that but he wasn't a starter until the 10th game and then obviously took off from there so if you're like, ah, man, this is what the team is. No, things change. Things can change quickly, right? And so it's plenty of opportunities left and um, would love to see Tobias Merriweather have like uh, an impact to close out the year. Uh, <laughs> on the parent piece, if if it was my son, because here's the thing. When you grow up, and I know this now with my daughter, because – I, I can go, I go to all of her practices. I mean, someone has to take her, right? So I, I go to every practice and I go to every game and it's like, I always know what's going on always. And for me, it would be such a shock to like, then not be able to know what's, I can't watch practice, right? The, I can't really talk to my kid. You can talk to your kid about it, but like, without having seen it, right? Because sometimes the player doesn't really want to get into it either because it's kind of hard to explain. So, like, I would hang on every word. I would listen to everything, every press conference. I would listen to every bit of information I could because I would want information about how it's going, right? Like, your child is a major college football player. So, I like that. But just when you said that, I was like, man, if I was in this position, I'd be, I'd be grasping at everything I could get. Uh, but, yeah, I just – like Tobias, you know, it, it, we say the thing about the blocking. He really does try hard. He really does. Like he, he is yeah. very engaged in that. And so I think that he obviously cares. And so I, in hindsight, now looking at it, like he really needed a senior ahead of him. He really needed someone like Ben Skoranek or, uh, yeah. You know, a Kevin Austin or a Miles Boykin or someone. He needed someone ahead of him yeah. to kind of see like, this is how it should look. This is what it's supposed to be. Instead, even of a like, Joe Wilkins, even know, a Joe Wilkins, like, yeah, something like that. It's Avery just, Davis, yeah, right. And 
and th that's another thing that uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Greg, because it probably doesn't get brought up enough that when you have such a young wide receiver room, it's like all, I mean, Jaden Thomas is still pretty young. Like he's still got two yeah. more years of eligibility he's a junior. after this. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's only, he's got two more years of eligibility after this. He's the veteran of the group. Like, mm. and so that's a lot of, of that goes on him of being like, well, guess what? You got to be the guy who shows these guys the way. And it's like, he's still learning the way in a lot of ways, you know, like mm. he's got a lot of room to grow still. So it's, and, and that's the other thing with, with, with Chancey Stuckey too. Like, he's got to take on so much more to try to teach these guys because there isn't somebody else there. And also too, why they needed somebody in the room and also why like the Caleb Smith thing, just going uh, like it did just was so bad. Right. Yeah. Like just because he should have been not just the guy who stepped up and like, well, he's the boundary receiver to, to kind of show, you know, Tobias the way. I mean, he should have been all of these things, but even like, so uh, Lamarck mentions Matt Salerno and yeah, for sure. Matt Salerno, but there's a difference between a Matt Salerno guy and a guy who's like, this is a guy who's like a starter. Who's like done all this stuff on the field and earned stuff. So Salerno, obviously just a total great team teammate effort blocker guy, all that kind of stuff. He can show that, but he's, he's not a guy who's, you know, done enough on the field to, to kind of, you know, just gain that automatic respect, just of like anything he says, people are going to kind of listen to him. Um, I mean, that's a lot of that is just kind of earned over, over time. Right. And uh, from being in that room or whatever, and, and just having an impact on the field and they just don't have enough of those guys. And, and, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it's not similar, not dissimilar to, to many rooms because they're just bringing in transfers left and right to do it. Um, but a lot of those times those guys come in and they already, they had somebody who looked out for them to, to show them yeah. the way. Um, and they just haven't had that, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, obviously Dell Alexander didn't, didn't go good for him. Like Xavier Watts would have been that guy if he didn't yeah. move. He would, he'd be the guy, the, the old the old vet in the room, but that's not obviously not the case. I mean, like there is another world where Lorenzo styles is the leader of the wide receiver room along with Jaden Thomas and Dion Colsey and Caleb Smith is the fifth year senior guy. And they are all juniors and they are all upper crap, upperclassmen. That's what it was supposed to be in February of 2023. That was the room. And and Tobias and, and Styles can split reps there. And it's like a good thing. And he's and Styles is coming off a good year. Right. And and instead, Styles went the other direction, complete other direction, and left the program. And now he's, you know, the the ball's hitting him on punt coverage. Yeah. As a blocker, you know, and like that went completely sideways. Deion Colsey went sideways. Jaden Thomas got hurt. And now it's like instead of being a a part a piece of a really solid room, it's like why aren't you like five steps ahead of 
where we want we need you to be rather than where he's ready to be and that's that's unfortunate for him right and that's unfortunate for like even rico flores right like we look at rico flores like 15 to 32 like those aren't good numbers but you know what he wasn't meant to be targeted 32 times through the first eight games like that he's he was meant to help but not to be like okay you're the starting field guy um it's unfortunate right but hopefully um you know there's time for um for for them hopefully they've used the buy right and you can use this game as the springboard into clemson and then on to the rest of the year and hopefully it grows from here and we, we see some real growth from not just tobias but the entire offense right because there's a lot of young guys on offense and there's a lot to look forward to there um I think that we can call it there, Jamie. I think it was a good show. It was a good, uh, good conversation back from the bye. Uh, we'll be back, uh, Jamie. We got to talk about the schedule, by the way. It's it's got to be either tomorrow or Friday. So whatever works for you, because uh, Thursday uh, doesn't look like it's going to be uh, good for me as a. So we'll talk about that. Uh, and so stay tuned for that, everybody. When we'll be back uh, Thursday. I don't know about a mailbag. So we did a mailbag. Um, I mean, well, we could do a pit preview, right? So it'll definitely be a pit preview. We could do a little bit of mailbag, I guess. Um, but it doesn't need to be super long. But we need to decide what day. So stay tuned for that. We'll let you know what day we're going to be back. Well, we'll definitely be back this week. Um, there's a show, uh, Dines with Dara, on the women's basketball team. That's going to be dropping uh, tomorrow. Or tomorrow or Thursday, that's going to drop, depending on when we record. So that's going to be uh, coming out. You're going to want to pay attention to that. So it's no better time to like the show, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you know something is posting. Have a good rest of the day, everyone. We'll be back next week. And uh, keep hitting and hustling.